magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up and welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 504. Uh, We were not around last week, we had some things going on, couldn't record a show, and they also preempted the previous week's show with a warning that I'm having a baby and I don't know when I'm going to have time to do a podcast again. Um, So anyway, it's been not quite a week since having said baby. And against my better judgment, I thought maybe we could do a show today, even if it's a quickie, even though I'm on the brink of delirium, tired exhaustion. So here we are. Can't you also have a screaming baby at literally any point throughout this podcast that will... Yeah, but but, uh, Pam is here to deal with that situation. And then we're also recording while the toddler is asleep. Otherwise, this would not work because this week has been hell week, up and down. Having a toddler and a newborn. The stars have truly aligned then. Truly aligned. So we're going to squeeze something in, see what happens. Wasn't really tons of news stories to talk about from the last couple weeks anyway. Um, I mean, there is if we feel like it, but I sort of just wanted to uh, say hey. Say hey. Yeah. I feel like two weeks in a row with no show would be too disconnected from... from, uh, from Eli and from our listeners. So was the uh, giving birth in the age of COVID uh, weird for you guys? Super weird. Yeah, because I was the only one allowed in the room. And um, a lot of fun things happened, actually. So it was a scheduled C-section, right? Because the baby was breached. He never ended up flipping. So we had to get him out the hard way. Um, it was scheduled for 1230 last Saturday. Um, we go in at 1030, a couple hours early so they can do all the prep stuff and whatever. Um, previously, uh, my wife had had a doctor's appointment on the, the previous Wednesday and, uh, where they go over a bunch of other prep stuff and kind of tell you what you need to know. And then, um, following that had a COVID test, which just barely would have been within 72 hours oh, of really? being tested. Cause you have to be, they require her to get a COVID test. What, did, what would they do um, if she was positive though be like well we can't do your c-section or that seems i don't know that's a question i did not ask (laughs) but i'm curious i don't know um so anyway it's uh i mean they would have to do it you have to deliver the baby right you would i would probably be some crazy precautions like they all yeah i think it would be like not a normal surgery it would be very quarantined or something but anyway um so so she does her so she does her test on Wednesday, um, and our hospital has uh, several weird pop-ups where you can go. Some of them are pop-ups for vaccinations. Some of them are pop-ups for testing, but they're pop-ups, right? They're like an empty commercial building that they take over and becomes a testing site or whatever, so or a parking lot somewhere or like something. Gourmet cupcakes, one for <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Upcycled so, clothing. Um, so one of the uh, one of the pop-up testing sites. Um, is right down the street from our, our normal doctor office. And um, so she went to that one. 
And so we show up on surgery day on Saturday, two hours ahead of time, and they don't have the results yet. And they think that's weird. And they're like, where'd you get Electronic? tested at? And we're like, yeah, so-and-so testing site on this street. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, and in so the we're old like, footlocker. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and so they're like, we, I, we don't know what site that is. We're making calls. We're trying to track it down, whatever. Um, so it ends up they just don't don't have her test, don't have her results, don't have anything. I don't know. Perhaps it's not an official pop-up testing site, and she just got duped into going to some weirdo's house well, so that you were wants supposed to swab to, people's nostrils. Yeah, you're supposed to go to the old Foot Locker, not the old Pizza Hut. Yeah, I guess she screwed that up. So anyway, I kind of get it. They were like basically like the whole lab system in our hospital is – completely jacked in the last year right like it's super jacked up people are getting tested all the time there's it's just mayhem and so they're like it's not that crazy that we can't find your results but it is a problem because we need to have your negative test before we have your surgery so what they did is give her a rapid test and then we had to wait two hours um for the results to come back which were negative and um but that just piled onto it we're already there we're anticipating this thing it's a surgery right. you're already kind of anxious for and stuff um, and then instead of 1230, ended up being like 230. So anyway, <clears throat> went in, did the C-section, got the baby out. He came out ass first and immediately shit on a nurse. And so I thought that was a fun way to enter the world. <laughs> like not, not only was he, uh, was he uh, determined to not spin around and not cooperate, but once he was forced out of the womb, he was uh, he shit on somebody. I mean, that was that was probably why shit. he was asked first. He's like, dude, I got I got a spray. Get me out of here. Yeah, I mean, so he's basically like immediately punk rock, punk rock to the world. Um, but it was interesting watching him get born. They pull the sheet down so you can see him come out, which was that was a an experience. That seems weird to be like, um, oh hey, check it out. My wife's cut open, and they're grabbing the baby out like a yeah. alien. Kinda. It was kind of that, but it was also kind of cool. Um, so anyway, he comes out butt first. Um, he was folded in half the entire time, which is part of the reason he couldn't. He or the trying to spin him around was so unsuccessful was mm. because of his, his position. Basically, if you tried to stand up straight and then bend over and touch your toes, that's the position he was in inside the womb. Oh, weird. Which is they're not normally like that. But the funny part is, once he was out, um, he's like an L shape because his legs are just sticking straight up in the air. And so he's laying on his back with his little legs sticking straight up, which they, they've started to come down now. But we actually have to go in and get him um, do like a follow up hmm. uh, CAT scan or MRI or something like that where he's there's potential for like hip joint problems because oh, of that. Um, and then the other weird thing is that his head is round, which normally babies, when they come out, they get squeezed out and they have like a cone head. Um, this dude did not have that problem. So he has a round head right from the gate. So everybody that came through and saw him, all the different nurses and stuff like that were like, Oh, is he a C-section baby? He has a round head, <laughs> um, which I thought was funny. So I mean, those people probably see a million babies every day. Right. So they, yeah. yeah, they can recognize those things. So, um, overall it was success. Mama was safe. Baby came out safe. Everything was good. It was very stressful. Um, but we got a new little dude in the world. And, uh, yeah, the last week trying to take care of him, you know, it's funny because, um, we had a kid before I've gone through this and people tell you up and down, they're like, you, you're, they have no idea what you're in for in terms of having a newborn. You'll be tireder than you've ever been all this stuff. 
And um, and it, that was all true the first time around. But we had gone through it, and you sort of know what to expect. And it still exceeds your expectations <laughs> for how tired you can be, how out of your mind, delirious, and just exhausted and pain in pain. I mean, everything about it is like even worse than I remembered. Um, and so I figured it was good, good energy to record a podcast. Yeah, with. no, this sounds sounds perfect. <clears throat> yeah, the last week has just been um, up all night. Baby seems to enjoy sleeping during the day. Like he's probably asleep right now, which is not very helpful to us. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna try and hopefully get him to to flip that around. But yeah, I was I was wondering how you guys were doing because um, like God, Tennessee here, like COVID has just like exploded to the point that's like yeah embarrassing. Here too. And it's, um, you know, I live right next to uh, UC Davis Med Center, which is like a really world renowned hospital, blah, blah, blah. And, um, but so in like my general neighborhood, they release a lot of like different stats and stuff like that. Every single thing I see is like, we're at capacity. It's, you know, 608 people in for COVID right now, 607 of them are unvaccinated or whatever. Uh, we have 23 people in intubated yeah, and 22 of them are unvaccinated. You know what I mean? Like it's all so skewing towards people that didn't get vaccinated, which just blows my mind still where it's like, Hey, this super preventable thing you chose not to prevent. I don't know. Yeah. It drives me nuts. No, that's been frustrating here too, because like, so, um, I think, so the director of our local hospital, like posted a thing on Facebook that was like, we are a hundred percent full right now. And right. A hundred percent of the people here with COVID are unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, help us out, please. And like, people have lost their minds. They're like, what do you mean the hospital is full? Like, this, this is bullshit. And like, yeah. it, 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 but you know, like simultaneously we're like, oh, COVID's fake. Like it's fake news. Like right. this guy's like being paid off by Fauci and like yeah. all this other stuff. And the hospital just eventually like just deleted the post, which I don't really know like what happened with it, but People I are guess they're mind, like, so. we tried. Yeah. <laughs> Throw your hands up. Like, we tried to tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sucks because I think maybe you said something on Twitter or something like that that was basically like, hey, if I was in a car accident and, oh, like, yeah. you know, had a problem that needed, like, emergency medical situation, I couldn't just go to the in an ambulance to the local hospital. I'd be, like, airlifted out of state yeah. or something. You know, I'd be airlifted, like, miles and miles away to a different city. Um yeah, and like, that can mean a lot of different things. I mean, that can be life or death. That could be like, oh, I keep my leg or lose it or, you know, weird things like that. Yeah, I don't really know how all that stuff works. I don't know if they, like, would just take me to that hospital anyway and, like, kick someone out that's, like, the least, the least severe I feel like person, that should or... be protocol. I feel like if you're unvaccinated and you're sick and you're in the hospital taking up a bed, they should boot you because... Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> you know. You know what I mean? Like, it's tricky though because, like, you know, there there are like I like one of my neighbors like can't get vaccinated because she's got like some extreme, um, I don't know, even what weird muscular autoimmune yeah. thing that yeah, she yeah, has. Yeah. You know, like, but yeah. but like, if you're some fucking dipshit that's taking horse dewormer, right? Uh, and posting on Facebook all day about how the vaccine is fake, like you should just eat. see ya. Yeah. Well, it's a struggle right now because Pam's parents won't get vaccinated and we just had this baby and we're like, you can't see the baby. That's cool. And they're like, okay. (laughs) And it's like, wow. Like, okay. So you don't care enough to see your own grandchild to get poked with a needle. Yeah. And their their justification is basically like, well, we haven't gotten COVID so far. So, I mean, um, we've, we've gone this long and haven't got it. So what's the point? Yeah. Our, um, 
so locally here, the, the I know a group of people, one of them is extremely anti-vax. He spent a week in mm-hmm. the hospital and like that, that gang of people that I knew, none of them had been vaccinated, you know? And yeah. I, after his week in the hospital, every single one of them got vaccinated. So really, maybe, uh, I don't know. Like I keep, I think when all this started, it was easy to, you know, like, like, God, I don't know what, what like March of last year, it was easy to be mm-hmm. like, Oh, who gives a shit? Like, I don't know anyone with COVID. Like, right, uh, you right, know, I don't right. know anyone's had problems with COVID. Like, why should I do anything about this? But like now, you know, entering fucking September, like getting like, you know, getting, yeah. getting close to two years of doing this. Right. I, I think that like most people are probably like one person removed from someone that's had significant COVID problems. And yep. probably like, yeah. I don't know. I, I'd be really curious to know what the number of like how, like if you're two to three people removed from someone has died from it now or, yeah. or how many, you know, like, like basically de- the, what is it? Degrees of Kevin Bacon or something like whatever yeah. the, yeah you know, that, but COVID deaths, like for that, is it like yeah. a typical person is like 2.7 jumps away from <laughs> right. someone that's dead now? Like, I don't know. The sucky thing with her parents is I, I said that I was like, someone's gonna have to be a martyr for them to get it. Right. Yeah. And I hope it's not me or you or, yeah. or our kids. But I feel like the only thing that would get through to them is somebody close to them getting COVID and dying from COVID. But I also know that if that was the case, her dad would just be like, oh, yeah, they say he died from COVID, but he had a heart attack or he died from something else. Or yeah. Because they basically, her grandma, who was very old, I think 92 or something like that, old enough to just die anyway. But also she had COVID, but she didn't die from it immediately and recovered from it, but then died like a few weeks later. Right. Yeah. And so her cause of death wasn't, I died from COVID. I died cause I'm 92, but I don't think the COVID helped. You know what I mean? She was super sick from it. Yeah. And so now her parents don't feel like they're like, well, sh- grandma got it and got better from it. So I don't think it's not as bad as everyone's saying. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, ugh, I don't think, I think grandma would still be here. She was pretty, still with it as old as she was if it wasn't for getting super sick from COVID for three weeks and then dying three weeks later. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I had, it just um, doesn't make sense to me. Friends of a friend that had a family member that had lung cancer that got COVID <clears throat> and died and they were all fucking mm-hmm. worked up about making sure that the death certificate did not say, yeah, like, I don't know what fucking difference this makes, but they were know. like super worked up to like get, make sure the death certificate did not say they died of COVID because they did not die yeah. of COVID. Right. Which is like, okay, well, I mean, you, you were on like extremely sick anyway, and COVID pushed you over yeah. the edge. Like that's how death certificates work. Like, right. That right, is right, the right. immediate acute cause of death was, yeah. you know, pneumonia related to COVID. Like, I don't know. Right. Right. But really frustrating. What and, can you uh, do? Really a huge damper on this otherwise very happy time of having a baby because yeah. Yeah, I don't. And and it's my mom is basically the only person that can come help us out. So she like stayed over. We had to be in the hospital for three days after the surgery. So we didn't get home until or two days. We got home on Monday. And um, so my mom came Friday night and stayed through to Monday night or whatever. Um, and she's got her health problems and stuff like that. And she's chasing around a toddler and take care of him or whatever. And it's a huge strain on her where sure would have been nice to have her parents here too to like pick up some of that slack. Yeah. And so it's just like a dick move all around. Yeah. Your mom's cool, though. Really sucks. My mom's very cool. She doesn't mind at all. She loves our kids. So anyway. Yeah. She loves the situation. We have another kid. 
Do you want you want to talk about some of the uh, uh, Apple drama that's happened in the last uh, two weeks that we've missed? Let's talk. I don't know I don't if know. I I'm not sure what I've been following and what I haven't. So well, so you lead the way. What I what I think is interesting uh, about all this right now is that the dam mm. is beginning to crack on oh Apple's yeah, yeah, yeah. control of everything. Right. So right. Um, yeah, and this what's interesting to me about this is that there is a email from. Um, Phil Schiller, that mm-hmm. is from, oh God, I want to say it's 2011, maybe earlier than mm-hmm. that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember. I, I, I tweeted, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw it. But, um, where the gist of it basically was like, hey, you know, like, should we assume that we will always have the 70-30 split forever? Or can we just be oh, happy right. with a billion dollar run rate on the App Store? Right. And, you know, reduce the commission from a position of power, basically, instead of like being... Yeah forced into it right so it's yeah it's just like extremely interesting to me that like phil uh schiller basically saw this coming a decade ago you yeah. know identify it as a problem like proposed it as something that like should be discussed with you know like steve jobs right. and everything and yeah. 10 years later here we have like apple kind of like looking down the barrel of pretty much like global either antitrust uh yeah. issues or like yeah. being legislatively targeted. Um, right. And they basically have made this bed for themselves, you know, like, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you could, you could blame Epic, you know, you could say it started with Epic or whatever, but I would say this was just kind of inevitable because I think it was going to happen, you yeah. know, like I, I think it was, it's easy to make the argument of like uh, that, you know, Apple shouldn't, you know, Apple's rules should go and all this stuff when the iPhone was just like this wacky little niche thing that, you know, kind of was a better version of like the Palm Trio and stuff. And it's like, oh, look yeah. at me, I'm, I'm drinking a fake beer and like, oh, I have to push this button <laughs> yeah. and my phone farts and stuff. But like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, like the now to me, it just seems like, you know, your smartphone, your, for a lot of people, their smart, smartphone like is their computer. You know, yeah. I mean, I right. know, I know people that aren't really like computery people that just like don't have a laptop, don't have a desktop. They mm-hmm. just have a, you know, like an iPhone, like the big iPhone. You know, mm-hmm. and they do all their banking, like all every, you know, everything you need to do, mm-hmm. you just do on it, right? Right. And I, I don't know. I think when you when you reach that kind of like mass market uh, computing platform, it becomes kind of difficult to continue enforcing you know, all these rules when there's like basically no alternative, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's not like, you know, for instance, like on the Mac, you know, you have the Mac app store and you know, you can use Apple pay and all that stuff on your Mac, but you don't have to Apple just mm-hmm. makes it extremely convenient for you to do it. Right. right. And it's really kind of, it's really kind of crazy to me that, um, Apple has put themselves in the situation where, like the South Korean government is dictating how they should run the app store <laughs> and like right. the, uh, God, yeah. what is it? The, the Japanese trade commission. I don't remember what the name of the government organization yeah. that, that did something very similar is, is dictating how they should run the app store. And, you know, meanwhile mm-hmm. they have this like, you know, multiple lawsuits cooking and they're like trying to kind of like right. inch their way into a position that isn't quite as offensive with everyone when right. like, I don't, I don't know why they just didn't like open shit up to begin with, because when you think about it, you know, if you have the ability to just pay through the app store, that's the most convenient thing. That's what most people are going to do. If you mm-hmm, have the ability mm-hmm. to download shit on the app store, mm-hmm. that's what most people are going to do. Like, you, you know, if there's, if there's alternatives, 
sure, cool. Like then, mm. then you don't have this antitrust pressure, but like how can you really imagine if you were just playing like, I don't know, any free to play game or, or anything on your phone, right. That you download for free inside mm. of the game. You're like, Oh, let me buy some of these gems or whatever, whatever thing you want to buy. And you have the choice mm. of, uh, you know, just like using face ID, tapping the side of your phone once having it go through or like entering your fucking credit card information right? to yeah. get maybe a little bit of a discounter or anything like yeah. who's going to, yeah. who's going to do that? I mean, I'm sure people will, but it's not going to be like all of a sudden tomorrow, if Apple allows outside payment processors and apps that mm-hmm. their app store commission is just going to be deleted, you know? No. And I feel like the safety argument doesn't hold water either because I've bought a million things through Safari on my phone where I had to enter all my details. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, maybe it wasn't safe, but that's there's third party like payment authorization systems for that sort of thing on the web. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I'm trying to find <clears throat> what Apple's response. Like everyone was thinks that like if you're if you open this up, that people are going to accidentally give their credit card info to some weirdo. And it's like that can just happen anyway. Yeah. So Safari browser on your phone or on your laptop anywhere. Yeah, so Apple's response to the South Korean law is, um, which so in South Korea, like as of I don't I don't know when this actually goes into effect. I think it's pretty fast, but like they just need mm-hmm. to allow third party payment processors. Like they can't they can't mm-hmm. do this stuff anymore. So um, mm-hmm. Apple's response is uh, the, the telecommunication the telecommunications business act will put users who purchase digital goods from other sources at risk of fraud undermine their privacy protections, make it difficult to manage those purchases and features like ask to buy and parental controls will become less effective, which sure. Okay. But like, then don't, then someone can choose to not use them. Right. Yeah, if like all those features that Apple offers are important to you, you would continue using Apple's way. Yeah. And that's been kind of like the, uh, I don't know why I subject myself to like the Mac rumors, comment threads on this kind of stuff. Yeah, you but shouldn't. There's all you these shouldn't. people that are like, Oh, the, the iPhone is now ruined. I might as well just throw it in the trash because it's going to be an insecure piece of junk. Yeah. It's going to be like right. going back to Windows 98 and spyware and all this stuff. And <laughs> yeah, right. like, I, you know, if you only want to use Apple's payment processing stuff, only use Apple's payment processing stuff. If you only want to get started, I think the it should store, be same. Yeah, I, I think it should be really similar to how they've rolled out the sign in with Apple thing where I don't use that really anymore because I just, I have too much of a workflow of creating passwords with one password and like whatever, but I like the idea of it. And I think that if they should have to regulate anything, it should be, you can offer your own third party payment system, but you also have to offer apples, right? Right. Like you should have to be able to give people that don't want anything to do with that and want to stay within the closed Apple ecosystem, whatever, they should still be able to do all that, right? Mm. So that's the only thing I would like to see is because I would hate to like, oh, I want to buy something in this app and I have to use this weird third-party thing I don't feel comfortable with. See, I just I just do not <clears throat> see that being a thing. Like, Because I've seen that argument. I don't really people, either. People be like, oh, well, what if all apps start using wacky third-party processors? But like, if yeah. there's any consumer hesitancy with like doing something, like, you know, say for instance, I don't know, like a, like a Twitter app or something like that pops up and like the only way mm-hmm. that you can use it is by like, paying through paypal or whatever and people don't mm-hmm. want to pay through paypal there's going to be 10 other developers they're like hey check out our twitter client like you can just <laughs> right, you can just yeah. pay no, using too. apple's thing yeah. like we don't care right right, right. Yeah. um so th- there's going to be a uh, serious kind of like uh equilibrium that all these developers are eventually going to hit and it's going to be decided by the consumers which in my opinion yeah. is way better than it being decided by apple but 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. But I, I do, I, I, I totally agree with like Phil Schiller's thinking too, where it's like getting ahead of this sort of mm-hmm. thing and making the change on your terms and turning it into this good PR. Whereas was the last several years of this starting to become an issue is that revenue you generated worth it? And I feel like they probably could have met this head on when the Netflix thing was a thing, when they didn't want to allow Netflix people to sign up through the app. Um, and it was this whole big thing. I think that would have been the time to be like, okay, look, things are changing. Let's allow this or whatever and ease up on this sort of thing, because that's basically what they're doing now, but it's like five years too late. And it's like from a position of being forced into it instead of being like, we're reassessing how we do things because the world of apps are changing or whatever. Yeah. That would have been the time to, I think do it. Right. And there's, there's a million ways they could have done this that I think everyone would have been super duper happy with, you know, because like, so like right now, as far as I'm aware, unless you're doing like crazy volume and you can do a deal directly with like Visa and MasterCard and all that stuff, you have to use a payment processor like Stripe or PayPal or something like that. And mm-hmm. most of those, so I know Stripe, for instance, on a normal credit card transaction charges 3% plus mm-hmm. a base charge of, I want to say it's either 30 or 40 cents, no matter what. Like if you're charging a dollar, $10, $100, yeah. doesn't matter. That You pay 3% plus the 30 to 40 cents, right? So if that is kind of like the baseline of what just credit hair processing costs, I think mm-hmm. if Apple would have come out and have just said something like, hey, for your first every single app, the first $10 million that app makes, or the first million dollars that, I mean, like probably a million dollars probably would have been fine. That first million right. dollars you make is built through that at 10%. Yeah. And beyond that, like then maybe like tiers after that where, because mm-hmm. like, I, I really think that, um, you know, like when you're the super cells of the world, like I think it's mm-hmm. becomes a little bit less defensible that like you don't owe Apple anything when you're like, like churning billions of dollars through right. their company. But when you're like a smaller outfit that, that 30% that you know was reduced to 15, like that matters a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, like with game club, it was a real big deal when, mm-hmm. um, you know, we went from 30 to 15%, you know? So, mm-hmm. and it's hard to imagine. So if you, you know, if they lower that to like 10 or something, mm-hmm. it's really hard to imagine it being worth all the rigmarole of, okay, well, we could shave another 7% off, but we need to like do all these wacky workflows and like come up with this different payment processor yeah. and everything else. Like everyone would just be like, oh, fuck it, we'll just keep using Apple's thing. Who cares? Yeah, right. Um, right. So I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't. I couldn't even tell you how many developers I've seen over the years who were like, I lost money on this thing because I had to pay the $100 fee a year and the 30%, and I didn't make my money back for this little yeah. game I made. It actually did pretty well. I mean, that's, that's the thing, too, is you know, like when, when you look at how much money Apple's making off the App Store and kind of like compare mm-hmm. it with how much money individual developers make, I mean, that to mm-hmm. me was like why the, um, I don't know, like the small business program or whatever they called the thing where it you know, went down to 15%, like they could have made that 0% really. And it would have made yeah. like zero difference to their bottom line because like they're making right. all their fucking money on like Candy Crush, Clash of Clans, all yeah. that stuff. They're just like clearing, they're just like money-making machines. They're not making it on, you know, like the, I don't even know, like the, like, you know, 10 millions of the world and, and things like that, right. you know? Right. Um, yeah. It's a shame. I think this really could have been handled in a totally different way that actually made Apple look good. Yeah. 
No, for real. Because they're kind of the kings of spin anyway when it comes to weird stuff like this. So I can't believe they dropped the ball. I think that's probably Tim Cook's fault because he's very revenue-driven. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I don't know. They, like, <laughs> I feel like Steve Jobs would have, not to be this, if Steve Jobs would have never let this happen guy, but, you know, I feel like he would see the forest for the trees or whatever. Like, really? he, see, he would I see would the think, bigger picture. I would, I, I would think that it would be even worse under Steve Jobs. I think Steve, Steve would be oh, just you like, think so? no, fuck this. Like, we're, we're yeah. this is Maybe, ours. Yeah. And if wow. South Korea wants to pass a law, guess what? The App Store is not in South Korea anymore. That's true, too. He'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which would have been kind of cool too. I don't know. Any other alternative, I think, would have been better. <laughs> yeah, but than, I mean, like you than, said, like I just, I just really can't believe that they've put themselves in the situation where they could have spun this a million different ways that it would have made everyone look at this yeah. as like, man, I can't believe you know the all these laws are being made about Apple. Like they're doing all this stuff that's really right. cool. Like you know, right. and which almost kind of started to happen when. Um, yeah. Right when the Fortnite thing started and they came out with the 15% right. thing, like everyone that was super duper amped up about that, uh, you know, once mm-hmm. they saw getting an extra 15% in their Apple payments were like, oh, I don't know if I am going to be so loud about supporting Epic anymore. Yeah, this, this is kind of yeah, nice. Right. <laughs> this isn't so bad. Uh, yeah, it's just dumb. Apple has so much stupid ass money that it feels very petty to to go through all of this for you know, what they're getting. I feel like part of it is principle and they're a principled company and they want to stand their ground for what they really believe in. But part of it is like, it's generating this crazy amounts of money that they don't yeah. feel like they should have to give up. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, so, I get it. Like I totally get the argument sure. of like, Hey, we built this platform. Like this is ours. Right. Like, you know, if you, we invented apps more or less. Like, yeah, like we, apps. we invented the iPhone. We invented the app. We invented right. apps. We invented the app store. Um, you know, you got to pay to play. This is our kingdom. If you want, want to get in, if not get out. But the the problem is like, I really don't think that it is reasonable to say that you could ever realistically compete with the app store right now. Yeah. Right. Like, like if you were like, if you tomorrow were like, okay, well, fuck you, Apple. Like I'm going to make my own iPhone. Like you absolutely cannot. I mean, like, look at, you know, Amazon, a company that has more money than God with a guy that was making in charge of it, like has making so much cash. He has nothing to do, but like blast himself into space and they couldn't even, uh, you know, successfully release an app store and a phone and all that stuff that made like any meaningful dent in either Apple or Google's dominance of the market. Right. Um, and I thought the Amazon phone was pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff that was really neat. Like I thought the, the 3d parallax wallpaper it had i oh, thought that was really cool i but, forgot about that yeah um right. and, and all the other stuff I, I, it was neat but it, you know it just you just cannot they have so much momentum that you just cannot compete and that's kind of where yeah antitrust legislation comes into play so i don't know yeah i guess they made their we'll bed see. and it's uh, a continuing saga yeah it is gonna continue on for a while yeah um Man, I, I feel like I just had a thought and I lost it because my brain is mush. My brain is garbage. And they also... I didn't. Yeah, did we talk about the child safety stuff at all? Because that was another big thing that happened. Uh, they they kind of rolled that back mm-hmm. um, to kind of... They're going to put the genie back in the bottle and come back out with some other stuff. So Yeah, I, uh, it was, I started to read about this when it was a couple weeks ago when it first started. And um, 
backed away. <laughs> yeah, well, so, <laughs> so the basic gist of this is, and like, this is one of these things where you have to really look at it from like a, a, pri- a high-level principled privacy kind of viewpoint mm-hmm. for it to make sense, uh, to, mm-hmm. to, for, for it to make sense for you to argue against it, right? So uh, if, if you weren't paying attention to all this Apple drama that unfolded over the last like, month with the, uh, the child sexual abuse material scanning, um, mm. so Apple as a company has always been um, very uh, like privacy-driven, right? Like remember... They notoriously like ran that ad in Las Vegas. That was like what, you know, what happens mm-hmm. on your phone it stays on your phone or whatever. It was right, basically like, right. you know, they, they've always really over-indexed on the fact that like, we won't unlock phones for the FBI. Like, you know, we all this yeah. stuff like, you know, your phone is yours. Siri is bad because we do everything on the yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all encrypted, everything else. Like we, we have designed this top to bottom to be very secure and very private. And that's mm-hmm. like one of the defining principles of, like Apple and yeah. iPhone as, as a, you know, ecosystem, I guess. So right. a couple of weeks ago, they, they announced this thing that they were doing where, um, the, I think iOS, uh, what's next? 15, 15. um, 15 is going to do this thing where, so apparently there's this database of like all the child porn in the world or something like that, that they've kind of like, yeah. uh, basically done these like mathematical fingerprints of all these different yeah. photos and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the original plan was like your device would uh, scan all of your photos on your phone and they would kind mm-hmm. of like cross-reference to see mm-hmm. like, hey, this, this digital fingerprint. Do you have like, kitty porn on your yeah, phone? Yeah, basically like this digital fingerprint yeah. matches this like kid pick that you yeah. have on your phone. Like we're going to yeah. report you to the police because this isn't good. Kind yeah. of thing. I mean, that's, that's basically the high level thing. Um, there's, there's, there was a lot of like really good uh editorials on like how exactly this kind of stuff works if you're interested i would just like go read that because my explanation is like the fifty thousand foot view but um so the, the the complaints against this which i thought were pretty reasonable was like hey i you know this sure this sounds like a very good thing but we live in a world where um, you know, particularly in the United States after September eleventh and the Patriot Act and all that stuff, like we we now Mm -hmm. live in a world where we are surrounded by laws and mechanics and different things like that, that initially seemed like a really good idea. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, like think things that would keep people safe or, or whatever else that then were used to just kind of like increase surveillance and like, mm-hmm. you know, do all this other crap that basically was a side effect of something that originally was supposed to have this like really good positive impact on, you know, the world yeah. or you know, your overall safety or whatever else. And so, the the precedent that this is setting that like Apple can scan content on your phone and mm. compare it against some database of other content and report you to mm-hmm. the authorities if something is on your phone that yeah. is objectionable um, seemed really problematic because like you can make the argument in the United States here like oh well you know they're just going to use it for child porn and you know don't worry about anything else but at the same time like you know Apple has has kind of bent over. Uh, in China under different legislative pressure for you know, all sorts of things. So mm-hmm. if they develop this technology, it's very difficult for them to say, you know, say if the Chinese government's like, Oh, well, we want you to uh, scan people's phones for like pro Taiwan stuff, or you right. can't sell right. the iPhone here. Like yeah. that's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff that this potentially could lead to. So yeah. Um, they just announced, uh, I think yesterday or the day before that they're going to, 
they they're putting the pause on this and they're going to come back with um you know some uh some additional thoughts on it after uh all the kind of negative feedback surrounding it so yeah i feel like um <clears throat> all the stuff you just explained is super reasonable to think like mm -hmm. hey i see what you're trying to do but this is just leading a path that could be used down down the road yeah. and we don't like to even open that door and i think that's a super reasonable argument what drove me nuts about this whole thing was basically like breaking Apple spying on your photos. You know what I mean? Like that sort of stuff where it was like not even explaining what it does, what it yeah. is. Cause when you, when you read what it actually does and how it like is these digital fingerprints that it checks and it doesn't even like, I don't even think it goes online. I think it's all on device sort of thing or whatever. And it's not like Apple looking at your photos. And then there's a lot of safeguards in place in case there's false flags or whatever. And you have to hit this certain threshold for them to even like look at you. But even if you do hit that threshold, it's like a manual review process. Like there's a person that goes to check all the flags, make sure everything's cool before they do any reporting or whatever. And so when you think of it in terms of just catching kitty porn, this all seems like a good thing because mm -hmm. let's not have kids yeah. being abused and have people sharing photos of it and have, you know, whatever. But also, yeah, it's a slippery slope and what if it's not working the way that they say or, or whatever, but at the very least it's not, Oh, Apple spying on your photos now, because I feel like that's the takeaway most people get oh, where yeah. it's like, I don't want Apple looking at I mean, my photos. Yeah. Like that, that was kind of the problem is, you know, like the, there was just bad faith arguments on like yeah. every Which, side of this, you know, where yes. it was like Apple's spying on you. And then right. if you're like, well, no, I mean like kind of, yeah, but not really. And, Mm -hmm. And then we, you know, we try to argue that like, you know, this, this kind of, this kind of technology is potentially dangerous and bad. And like, maybe we shouldn't mm -hmm. do this. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well you must have kid pics on your phone then if, you know, right. if you don't want, <laughs> you know, if you don't right. want this kind of thing, it's just, I don't know. It, you know, like, like most things on the internet, you very rarely find any kind of like reasonable, like, well, yeah, this, you know, this is, I mm -hmm. sure I get it. Like, this is good, but it could also be used for bad. I mean, like really need to consider like, when mm -hmm. we let this genie out of the bottle, what kind of consequences could it have for right. you know, people that get caught in the crossfire that, you know, this is, you know, used for not great things on, you know? Right, 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 right. I guess I also, I guess I don't follow the kitty porn scene very closely, well, but like, it's, <laughs> I don't, is this a huge problem? Like, I really don't know. Like, is this, is child pornography like a huge problem? Because I remember YouTube a few years ago when they had the, they had to go through the big, revamp of how kids content was and stuff like that and there's different rules and now when you upload videos and stuff you have to say if it's for kids or not because there's all these there's you know comments are turned off on kid videos and stuff like that but i guess there's this whole ring of people sharing kitty porn through the comments on youtube basically it was oh, a really? huge thing well so and um, what, what i saw was there was um there was this thing where it was like um and I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but it was like a lot of reports that like Facebook has done to the government agencies to handle this similar with mm -hmm. YouTube. And then it was like Apple has mm -hmm. done zero or, or whatever number they did. It was mm -hmm. extremely low. Um, Oh, right. And, yeah. I remember and, seeing that. It was like YouTube has, or, or Facebook has like reported like a hundred thousand offenders. Yeah. And, yeah. So I don't know how big of a problem it is. I mean, like surely like anything you do to, to protect children is like a good thing, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, it comes at, it comes at a cost of Apple no longer being able to say like, Oh, well, you know, yeah, sorry. Our phones are extremely private. Like, sorry, government agency mm -hmm. that wants us to do this thing. Like we just can't, like it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. 
you yeah. know? Yeah. So. I don't know. I feel like if their whole argument for not breaking into the phone, the terrorist guy's phone for the government was that if we build a tool to do that, it can be abused. An argument holds yeah. the same for all That's, of this stuff, too. And you right. can't just be like, well, Apple says they won't. And they they promised they'd cross both their fingers and said, no, they won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't really trust that, right? Right. For I the mean, same reason, they could have built a thing that was be like, hey, we're going to break into a terrorist phone because he's a terrorist and he's bad, but we'll never use it for bad things. But that wasn't their argument, right? So that should be the same for this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the whole thing is the whole thing's weird to me because because it's like Apple this. Drama. I mean, you you pretty much nailed it. Like the the exact argument that they made about like not making the phone unlocker should be applied here evenly. Yeah. I think, but I feel like it's similar similar area yeah. i don't know um all right i'm fading fast so let's uh we actually got a, a stray email Ooh. from somebody so i thought maybe we could just read this email real quick to cap off the show um this is from tom who says uh hope jared and the baby are well just want to shoot over a quick email to say hi and that we will miss you when you're not here for a few weeks or however long it takes babies to grow into functioning adults. I'm not an expert. Uh, it turned <laughs> out that days, that was just one, one couple days. Yeah. Um, firstly, thank you so much for bringing back the slinky. Realized later in life I have ASD, so these little touchstones are bizarrely important to me. Pray emoji. Um, it was funny listening to how Eli ended up with the 351V as the week before that episode, I'd gotten into the whole retro emulator scene via retro game corpse on YouTube. Hmm. Following his guy to set up 351 Alex and yep, uh, I did the exact same swapped thing. out my battery. Oh, I haven't done bat- the battery swap yet, though. I, that's on my list. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, swapped out my battery for an Odroid one and switched my buttons over as well. Um, maybe poke him to see if he'd like to come on as a guest talking about retro game corpse. Uh, he's done videos on emulating on Android and iPhone as well as dedicated emulators. Plus he seems like a genuinely nice guy. In fact, it's thanks to his videos. I'm now the proud owner of a PS Vita. Awesome little device, but Mm. genuinely the news is not what it was five years ago and no one listens for that. So chat about more general gaming stuff, thoughts, themed episodes, lookbacks, all of these things I would listen to. So basically let's drop (laughs) mobile gaming altogether. (laughs) And this is just the Eli Jarrett happy hour. I mean, I think it's been that for a very long time. I think if anyone is listening now and is like, what the fuck? These guys are just talking about nothing. It's like, yeah, that's the I'm trying to get my mobile gaming news, you guys. (laughs) Um, Um, That's that's funny about bringing Retro Game Court on as a guest because uh, he probably would be down. He does seem like a nice dude. But also, um, you know, he's got his own thing going on. He's a very successful YouTuber and stuff, too. So who knows? But maybe. I mean, weirder things have happened. Some of those people in that scene that I follow very much know touch arcade and stuff like that and follow touch arcade and stuff. And so I always thought that was kind of interesting where I'm like, Oh, I totally look up to you as this like video game console modder, but they're like, Oh, touch arcade. I let, that's the best mobile gaming site. You know what I mean? It's like a weird sort of area that we share. Um, but anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, <clears throat> he continues. Love the fact that 10 years after I found you guys, you continue to provide amazing content week on week. I just checked and apparently I've been supporting you on Patreon for six years. I don't do many Patreons, only you and a couple of YouTube channels, not just bikes and retro game core. And you're definitely the longest by about five years. I discovered you when I started at Apple retail. And although I recently left to join a new company as a QA tester, iPhone gaming is always close to my heart. 
Uh, totally missed any my appreciation for your 500, but still wanted to pop you a message. Cheers, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for writing in, and uh, thanks for being a Patreon for so dang long. That's very cool. And um, I've looked at doing the yeah, button swap thing too, but yeah, but, I feel like you can get weird with that sort of stuff. But I don't know how much I care. I haven't even popped this thing open. Um, as far as uh, these sorts of things go, I usually do pop them open and goof around with them and stuff like that. This my, one I've just been like happy to turn on and play games on. So my my problem is twofold with the whole button swapping thing. Um, first mm. of all, I have the black uh, clear RG three fifty one V, and it seems like most of the buttons and kind of like uh, cosmetic mods are for the uh, Game Boy colored one. You know, to, to make it look yeah. more like a Game Boy and stuff. Right, right. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. And second of all, I am just not patient enough for. Like, so the, the mm-hmm. person that I believe does most of the buttons uh, is just on Etsy, the Sakura uh, Retro Modding place yeah. that they yeah, sell yeah. those stands and stuff too. I think you've bought yeah. stuff from them before. But they yeah. do, um, it's like order now and you'll get it in like October. Yeah, right. And I just, have, I, I hate doing stuff like that where it's like, I'll just wait a million it's like, years. Like, I'm going to be over this thing by October. <laughs> be moved on to something else. I mean, it's only like 10 bucks to do, so I don't know why I don't just yeah. buy it and kind of move on yeah. but um yeah another thing that i found out about the retro um game scene is that there's like mm-hmm. a million different uh people that have made uh like all kinds of ways to upgrade you know like shit like the game gear and stuff like that like a guy i follow just yeah. like upgrade his game gear so it can be powered by USB C now like you basically yeah. just like replace the power board and it's just like plug and play mm-hmm. and then you just USB C just works instead of the wacky little like yeah. barrel charger the modding is bananas, like the stuff that people come up with. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. There's so many things that I'm like, oh, I want to buy that kit so I can buy an old game gear and briefly. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Get, <laughs> get out of there. Don't do this because what's the point? Well, the problem is like that old retro hardware of which I owned most of it and traded it in for pennies on right. the dollar is that yeah, now same. all that shit's like ultra expensive. Yeah, totally. Like, so do you want to get, I don't, I don't even know how much a game gear is. I'm going to look up right now on eBay, but you know, do you want to get into modding a real game gear to the tune of a couple hundred bucks? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. you are, right, yes. Yeah, 150 bucks. Right. A game gear. I mean, there's also like uh, reproduction cases and stuff like that too. So buy yourself a scratch to hell game gear and swap it out yeah. for a different case it's or like whatever. This, but game gear uh new capacitors and glass screen 180 bucks buy it now 621 sold yeah jesus that's cool that gets you a game gear that's a little up to date i guess i wish um i wish i knew i wish i was good enough at soldering that you could buy these things broken and replace the fucked up capacitors Mm -hmm. because like the turbo graphics express is in a similar spot and that like you basically Mm -hmm. need to buy one that someone like painstakingly repaired mm-hmm. 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 those are very expensive last time i looked you'd be were... surprised though what you could learn i mean all the info's at your fingertips nowadays so yeah so here 400 bucks yeah. for turbo express yeah held system yikes it's a rich man's hobby yikes anywho yikes. <clears throat> thanks again here to this one's Tom. recapped 600 dollars. buy it now with new capacitors it. in it 
I mean, Jesus. you spent more money on dumber things than that, right? I, I wanted one of these things so bad when I was a kid because TurboGrafx-16 was Me my too. favorite system. Yeah, dude, they, those Turbo Duos blew my mind. Oh my or the Turbo gosh. Express. I cannot believe these are so expensive. You're an adult now. You can spend $600 on something dumb no, that you wanted as that a kid. is insane. Yeah, I can. mean, my RG351V like, emulates it perfectly. Like, there's no... Yeah. There's no reason. No reason yeah. in a million years yeah. to buy one of these. For, like, arguably, like, a smaller, shittier screen and overall worse experience. Right, right. Because then I would need to also get into, like, rebuying all the stupid games that I traded in already. Yeah, which collecting physical cartridge games is, like, that's the real money pit. Yeah. Like, you could probably come up on some the game systems themselves but once you start wanting games dude like even going even going to like weird like one-off garage sales here which is like where you would think yeah. that you'd be able to find like oh here's a box of nes shit for 10 bucks like no they're selling yeah, these right. cartridges for like 50 bucks a piece at like yeah, grandma's garage sale in rural tennessee internet's ruined garage sales because <laughs> yeah. people know what things are worth now yeah all right well let's crash this bus into uh into a bed or a hotel oh, so i wish Oh, I wish I could sleep more than 30 minutes. Oh, God. One of these days. I would in, give anything. You have in, no like idea. In 18 years, you'll be able to get some sleep, I think. Yeah, only a couple more decades to go, and then everything will be fine. So. Yeah. Uh, anywho, I'm glad we got together and do a little show for today. I think it was good, and uh, hopefully we will be around next week. We'll see how things go. I don't see why we wouldn't. Things should be better, but, yeah. you know. As the, the time goes on, this should be an improving situation, I hope. But um, anywho, as of right now, I'm crazy tired. But uh, thanks again to Tom for shooting an email over. And if anybody else wants to email us, feel free. Podcast at Um We love getting emails. And as always, uh, Touch Arcade is primarily supported through our uh, readers and our listeners and our viewers. So if you like what we do and want to see us continue doing it, please check out patreon.com forward slash Touch Arcade. Consider throwing a little support our way, or you can help us out by doing your Amazon shopping through toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon. Uh, so with all that out of the way, thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with another episode of the Touch Arcade show maybe next week or maybe the week after. We'll see. All right. See ya.